What's good, everyone? Welcome back to My First Kicks. This is episode 144, and this week, we welcome Russ Bankston to the podcast. Man, this, straight up, just gotta say, this is a hell of an episode, first of all, and second, Russ has been on my list of must-get guests on this podcast since the inception, and when we talk about it, don't understand how much he's influenced me in just learning about sneakers, my interest in sneakers, appreciation for sneakers, and also just my full understanding of what sneaker culture was, especially during the time when I would, I mean, I talk about it in this episode, just like watch Quick Strike every single day. Uh, well, binge it in the beginning and then catch up and and every week I was nonstop just watching Quish, Quick Strike every week, knowing what is coming out, knowing more and more about sneakers and just treating, becoming a sponge when it came to the culture. And so I, when I started this podcast, I immediately reached out to Russ and, and was like, can you jump on this podcast? And during this time, you know, he wasn't really wanted to talk about sneakers anymore and but he did caveat that in the tweet that he responded to me was that he has a book coming out so when that book comes out hit him up and of course I remember that I held on to it put it put it in my 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 pocket and I was like yes so once I saw that he released his book which I have right here a history of basketball in fifth Teen sneakers. I had to buy this myself because I couldn't. I'm not gonna wait for a chance to like sh when he does an in book signing and go and get one. Uh, I feel that this is a must have for everybody who is into sneakers, who is, are especially into basketball. This is really cool breakdown. This is just a really cool breakdown of sneakers that we all eventually not eventually that we all had come up and seen didn't really understand why people were into them or we did understand and it made us get into it into sneakers and so this book i, I started doing a little bit content based around it uh, i'm going to be doing more i'm going to try to do all 15 sneakers if possible uh just my take on it and my appreciation for us and also just this is just a really cool book. Interesting. Have to get the hard hard hardcover because I'm not going to read this book on my phone. I definitely had to have it just in the back. It's going to be replacing the dunk book in the back. Uh, if you're looking for uh, in future episodes, not this one. I think it's the next one. Definitely the next one. But this book will definitely be in the background now. And the dunk book would be more back but like i said russ is a huge inspiration for me and it's such a huge honor having him on so i i can't wait to jump into the episode please be sure to check out the book a history of basketball 15 sneakers i flub it while he's on i mean if you heard the dave ortiz episode i would nervous wreck i was a nervous wreck for that one uh, i am a nervous wreck for this one as well having a chance to just soak up more information and appreciation and like 
this felt like a once in a lifetime chance to to be able to talk to him and it's it it expands more on my appreciation for sneakers and just the ideas and ideologies that I took from watching his content and watching how much he appreciated sneakers, especially basketball sneakers and his time at slam, his time at complex, his time just in this space. And so very appreciative for having Russ on. And if you're a new listener here, uh, please, please be sure to check out all the other episodes. There's 143 episodes. I've had Dave Ortiz on fresco and, off the top of my head, you know, Tiana, Denise, I mean, Johnny Unitas. I got I got a lot of people on here. And it's just uh, AD Sneaks. If you if you have seen his recent um, Nice Kicks reel that's been taken off about him being a, uh, wearing a pair of different pair of sneakers every day of the school year so far. I mean... We, me and him talk about just his love for, for sneakers, and that's what this podcast is about. So hopefully you come here and stay here for a long time because I will be doing this for as long as possible. Speaking of which, I am doing my – if you are in the New York, I guess, tri-state area, uh, I am doing my first live show. The, this, If you're listening to this before 1024, I am doing my first live show uh, in, comp- in a company with sold-out comedy – in the comedy lantern or i think it's called the comedy lantern but if you look at my stories i will be posting it every day please 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 come out i would love to you know it's a live podcast it's going to be it's going to be comedy in the front and then i mean sneaker based comedy in the front and then uh this podcast at the end i i am working on a huge huge guest or it's going to be a previous guest if not Someone currently working within sneakers, and it's going to be a hell of a time. Chaney's going to jump on as co-host just for that episode. It's going to be live. I don't know when I'll be releasing that. I don't think I don't know. Maybe I won't. Maybe you might have to pay for it. Uh, I'm still thinking about that. But I would love for everybody who's listening, and if this is your first time listening and you're in New York City, come out. We'd love to pack the place out. It's a small venue. It's the first time ever doing a live show. And once I get a confirmation on the guest, by the time this recording, no confirmation just yet. But once I get a confirmation, we will announce it just to help pad the pad the numbers in the in the in the spot. So, I mean, this is releasing on the 20th. And you have four days to get you know, call out sick or something to, to pull up. If you work at night, uh, pull up 1024 comedy lantern. Look, if you want, just Google sold out comedy. It will come up. It's a E it's a E, e- invite. No, Evite. Uh, Eventbrite. There we go. Eventbrite link. Buy a ticket for the 24th. They're really cheap. So pull up. It'll be a great time. Live podcast. Uh, and onto where you can find Russ. You can find Russ at, at Russ R U S S Bankston B E N G T S O N. Please, 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 as I pinch, pitch it again, buy his 
book. And if you can, buy it from a local bookstore. And if your bookstore does not have it, he has, he said, ask them to request the book so that Workman, I think it's called Workman's Book Publishing, Workman's Publishing, will send a copy, will send copies for you to pick up. And you want to, listen, we got to support small mom and pop show, uh, stores. So if possible, cop this book. If not, I got this on Amazon. So A History of basketball in 15 sneakers by russ bankston and it's really dope the the bobitos forward in the book is really insightful about bobito and also his thoughts on sneakers is really interesting so beyond that russ crushes it this book is so insightful and i can't wait to read this and bestow as much knowledge as i can to these young kids on tiktok so be sure to, to look out and try to cop A History of Basketball and 15 Sneakers by Russ Bankston. And you know where to find me. I am who is Haas on all social medias. Follow the podcast on My First Kicks Pod. Follow the podcast. No, follow and no, subscribe and like. And I think it's just subscribe and, and whatever on YouTube. My First Kicks on YouTube. My First Kicks on TikTok. That's a follow. Hit that follow button. Hook me up with some likes. I have some personal goals. Maybe I'll talk about it in another episode, but really want to get the social medias going. I've been trying to post consistently. We'll be pushing out more content, including incorporating this book, as I said earlier, A History of Basketball and 15 Sneakers. (laughs) So be sure to follow me uh, if you have any questions and if you have any my first kick stories hit me up at my first kicks at gmail.com put in the subject my first kick story and on to this week's this week's yeah <laughs> on to this week's guest russ bankston hey russ welcome to the podcast thank you man glad to be here no this is the the oh super omega honor you are straight up i've got to give you your flowers from the jump you know uh, you are one of the first people that got me into sneaker culture itself. And Sorry about that. <laughs> I mean, the good parts, I think the good parts. And, <laughs> uh, and I mean, I'm very critical about the way it is now. We could definitely talk about that later. But the you know, you made me you were one of the people that that made me understand it. And then I got the biggest like grasp about it. So when I started this podcast, you were like on this short list of the guess that i must have before i end this podcast and you you influenced me uh, like so so much that <laughs> when i end this podcast i say where your kicks so so <laughs> but i had dj clark kent who who was on that too so mm-hmm. yeah quick strike it was like my was it weekly it was weekly right uh, like bi-weekly, bi-weekly, and then like the last season was just like whenever it happened, mm-hmm. which probably didn't help. <laughs> but it was one of my favorite shows. I remember just like I was working at corporate. I was working at this candy store called Dylan's Candy Bar at the time, and so yeah. uh, lunch all when it when it dropped lunch, boom! I had my <laughs> Subway sandwich at the time, like my little because I was broke, and I would just watch Quick Strike as it dropped on lunch, and uh, it was just like this is an amazing, huge honor for me. And if it if you are not familiar with Russ Bankston, he is the 
author of I'm gonna butcher the name of the book now. It's all right. It is. Hold on, because I know it's I know it's a number of uh, sneakers. I can say it. It's a history of basketball. History of sneakers. There you go. History of basketball with 15 sneakers. My bad. Um, And actually, I tell people the most important word in that title is not history or sneakers or basketball. The most important word is uh, because it is a history, not the history. Because if it was the history, it would be 15,000 pages long. But I would still miss stuff. I mean, you are one of the pillars. And, you know, it's a huge honor, like I said. Uh, As much as I try to give you your flowers on Twitter, I had to have you on an episode of my podcast. So I begged you for years. And now we're here. (laughs) (laughs) Now we are here. Yeah. Um, If you... I don't know. Like, first off, let me first say, you were right. We went back and forth for like an hour or so about the bubble uh, bursting on on sneakers, yeah. and yeah, and you were like, "I'm gonna." I was you. You basically told me like, "You're gonna be wrong. I'm gonna be right." And <laughs> and I was like, as 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 we look at like the way the sneakers are now, I was like, "Damn, Russell's white. Russell's right." And uh. You're right that, you know, it's unsustainable and it like resellers were not helping it. And I, it, but, but it's yeah. funny because like I'm like mm-hmm. the boy who cried wolf on that stuff to mm-hmm. a degree where it's like when I was writing for Mass Appeal about sneakers, which is like 15 years ago now, probably mm-hmm. I was predicting the bubble would pop. And what I kind of didn't anticipate was what we considered sneaker culture back then becoming this like enormous mainstream thing. Like, so Mm -hmm. instead of the bubble popping, like all of a sudden it just grew like a hundred times bigger. And it's funny to me that like that didn't pop it amongst the super, super, super into it. Like, Mm -hmm. I think like, and since then, I think a lot of the core has fallen out, you know, and it's like, whether we age out or we just realize like, it's not a game you can win. It's like, it's a game corporations win. Mm -hmm. Um, and people stop buying at the level they do. But resale really like let that bubble blow up crazy big. Mm-hmm. But I think it also put companies out of touch with what people actually wanted or actually wanted to wear. Like, you know, you had people buying out full size runs of shoes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, to the company, it's great. It's like, wow, we sold out in a day. But it's like, how much of that stuff's being worn and how much of that stuff is just like literally stocking stadium goods or popping up on stock X from people mm-hmm. who think they can flip it. Um, you know, it's funny, like, cause now you look at stuff like, I mean, Jordan is releasing these endless releases of twos. And like, I have no idea who actually wants all these. Like mm-hmm. even the OG colorway is like, I think it's underwater on stock X last I checked. I'm, um, I'm pretty sure. I remember I got them and I had, I also had Sean Collard on too. And we talked about them because I wasn't yeah. a big twos guy like like at all but uh for some reason i i got them and uh i i still have yet to wear them but i'm also thinking about like i do have to because i think the shoe is pretty cool but like at the same time it's now we're just getting inundated with just release after release and i'm just like all right like is this for me it's (laughs) like i loved the jordan 2 i had Mm -hmm. i had the originals in 88 like I bought the first retros in 94, 95, whenever the, mm-hmm. whenever the twos actually hit. Um, 
I had the O fours, I think, which I actually mm-hmm. wore to play at the United Center. Um, wow. Again, and on a team against Bobito Garcia, which is funny. Wow. He did write the forward to the book, but like, yeah. Um, and when they released like a full length Air Max Jordan two, I forget what they called it. Mm-hmm. It's like the Jordan oh. two Max or something like that. Like yeah, like yeah. Tempo Soul basically, mm-hmm. like. When the, when I first saw those, I came home and posted my ninety fives on eBay and got rid of them. Um, Girl, I like gave away, go. I gave away my fours. <laughs> like I gave those yeah. away. Like I'll probably like, I'll probably never own a pair of twos again at this rate. Like I loved that shoe, mm-hmm. um, but it's just over. Like that stuff doesn't work for me anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, my whole thing with retro now is if I had it when I was a kid or I had it when I was younger, then I already had it. And if I didn't have it back then, then I guess I didn't need it because I'm still alive and I'm still mm-hmm. here. So I'm just not, I, retro just isn't a thing that really moves me anymore. I mean, I've always go back and forth with it because I think when it comes to sneakers, it's a lot of people who finally get their like first job or something like that. And yeah. they're, then they're like, I got to catch up. So you know, everybody, once those shoes that come out from when you were a kid, you couldn't get, they were like, all right, now I can, now I have the money. I can buy these. And the, the, the wild thing about that is businesses, businesses actually cater to that specific moment in time to sell sneakers and then expand on it. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. But I think like, you know, number one, I think if you focus on the past, you're missing the present. I mean, that's kind mm-hmm. of a cliche, but it's true. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff being made now that you could go mm-hmm. out and get. It's brand new. And like the whole reason any of that retro stuff flies is because like we bought it when it was new or we wanted it when it was new. Like mm-hmm. retro doesn't exist unless people paid attention to the new stuff. And now like hardly anyone pays attention to the new stuff. Um, you know, I was in the city yesterday doing promo for the book mm-hmm. and on my way home, I stopped on Long Island. I stopped at Barnes and Noble to like see the book on the shelf because like yeah. I really wanted to just like get that into my head that like yo this is out there mm-hmm. and uh some dude looking through the music section when I was looking for my man Dante Ross's book which I did not see I need to bring that up to Barnes and Noble um come on that's that's I was there at the signing at the Barnes and Noble so yeah he looked at my shoes and he was like yo like those is hard like what are those and he thought they were Kyrie's and like, they're the Jason Tatum's like they're a brand new shoe. Like that mm-hmm. you can go buy right now. And like people who are actually into sneakers, maybe don't even know what they <coughs> are. Mm-hmm. And like that guy, I'm sure would have recognized a Jordan three or a Jordan 11 or, you know, whatever, pick your, pick your hyped up retro. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously like whatever dunks, but like, that's the thing. Like, if you want to blow people's minds, like, just go buy whatever the current, like, signature models are. Like, because people don't look at that stuff. Everyone's looking for the same thing, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy to me. Like, coming up or even, like, in the 90s and 2000s, you wanted to wear stuff that would, like, people would have no idea what it was. Yeah. Now everyone wants to wear, like, <clears throat> what everyone knows. And, like, that's boring to me. It's absolutely boring to me. I mean, there's people, I don't know if you, if you've seen TikTok, but it's like, 
uh, or be on TikTok yeah, like that. TikTok <laughs> <laughs> but there's this whole debate on the panda dunks now. And um, my biggest thing is like, or even just in general with sneakers now, it's like everybody just wants to wear the same stuff. And I've I've always looked at it like, you know, if it if it appeals to me and it connects with me some way, like, or it tell, tells a story that like, like that connects with me, then I will buy it. That's how you how you'll get me to pay my hard-earned money but at the yeah. same time it's it's like you know yeah i i've always been about like you know what is this technology what's the new technology uh you've definitely put me onto that because like i you're when you posted when you started going through and posting at like those uh instagram posts and one of the biggest one was the kobe system and yeah i was never into kobe's before that until you spoke about uh, on an article you wrote about the set about the sevens and the system i think it's the sevens right yeah it's the sevens yeah. so you can like take them apart basically yeah. and put in like a high top kind of module I was, like they're wild yeah i was so obsessed with the backpack that it came in and everything yeah, that yeah, like yeah. yeah when you posted it it brought back so many memories i think i i wrote like a nine sentence <laughs> comment on your page <laughs> but, but the thing is like yeah. you know like now it's like you got people spending like you know you could spend $500 and get like some middle of the road pair of dunk SBs that like, you know, not, no one's going to clown you for them, but mm -hmm. people are going to look at them and be like, all right, those are cool, but they're not Supremes or they're not fragments or they're not whatever. Mm -hmm. Or you could spend that $500. If you really want to spend 500 bucks on shoes, go buy those new like Adidas marathon, crazy, like super shoes that are 500 mm -hmm. retail. You wear those around like, I mean, you're just going to blow minds like and it's going to be people who have no idea like what they even are. Mm -hmm. And like to me, that's kind of the fun. Like I tell people back in like back when the Nike when Nike first did the phone posits, mm -hmm. someone at Nike basketball called me or PR and was like, yo, we're going to send you these shoes. And this was like months before they released. Mm -hmm. And they're not on the Web there. There's no pictures. There's nothing. They're trying to explain to me what these shoes are over the phone. And it's just like, all right, I, I, I sure, like, whatever, like, definitely send yeah. them, but I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I wonder what they were like. What's the description? They're like, I don't, uh... even, I don't even remember. <laughs> I mean, this is 25 years ago. But I mean, I still, and I still have them, but like, mm -hmm. I opened the box when they came and it was just like, oh my God. And I mean, for months, I wore those around the city, different places, mm -hmm. and like, you know, you wear them into like, a footlocker and people have no idea what they are because again no one saw them and it's mm -hmm. like i don't know that was always fun like i mean i went through a phase and this is probably bad but like when i was a slam i would only wear stuff until it came out mm -hmm. when the thing when a pair released at retail i was over it like i got rid of it mm -hmm. and then i'd wear whatever the next thing is that's not out yet so um that was part of the joy of being like close enough to sample size. Mm -hmm. Like I mostly wear a 10 now, but back then I was wearing a lot of nine and a halfs. And like, if I liked it enough, I, I'd, I'd squeeze my way into a nine. They're like, like anybody who's into sneakers knows they have to be either a size before or a size above. You got to be in between. Like you, you, like your collection goes through, those three sizes because that's all you can fit <laughs> well and that's what's kind of funny too is like yeah. sometimes people ask me about a pair and they'll be like Are, do these fit true to size i'm like i don't even know like at this point i just get everything in a 10 pretty much mm -hmm. and like unless you're actually running in it or hooping in it like right. it doesn't really matter right one way or the other 
it's 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 wild but let's hard pivot into the question and the question that i ask everybody each week on this podcast and that is what's your first kicks what's that first pair of sneakers you absolutely needed to have all right so this is mm. kind of a two-part thing like first it, of all i'm super old so like when i was a <laughs> kid when uh-huh. i was really young like there just wasn't anything like that especially in the suburbs like so the first pair i remember getting that i was like super excited about mm-hmm. i was probably like i don't know still in elementary school and i got a pair of nike bruins when they mm-hmm. were actually like still like quasi current like we're talking like i don't know 85 80s probably no 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 no. earlier than that early, earlier way than that. before jordan one we're talking like 81 probably yeah probably 81 82 somewhere around there mm-hmm. so like royal blue on white i wore them until like they started as babito or dante would say they started talking like the, uh-huh. the upper separated from the soul <laughs> um Oh, like, did Marty McFly wore these? Yeah, yeah, those. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, technically a basketball shoe, barely a mm-hmm. basketball shoe. Kind of mm-hmm. like their answer to like the superstar, but with like the T of uh, leather over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, the first pair I really wanted and I did not get was the Air Jordan One. They came out in '85. I was 14. I remember seeing them on the wall of whatever local department store because those mm-hmm. were everywhere. Like it trips me out that people are charging like five figures for 1985 Jordan ones. I was like, mm-hmm. yo, in 1985, like they were everywhere. And by 1986, 1987, they were still everywhere and they couldn't mm-hmm. give them away. Like the whole reason like the Bones Brigade wore them is because you could buy them two for 25 at like Copeland mm-hmm. Sports in California. Yeah, I think like uh, out of the box and like, yeah, in the in the together. yeah in the, the I, well, bin. I think yeah. Dante yeah Dante told said that he that they were in a bin on the on the yeah. on his episode. Yeah, I mean they they couldn't give those away because same thing. It was like everyone wanted whatever the new shoe was, and like mm-hmm. that by then that was not new. Um, but yeah, so I wanted those super bad, but like my parents weren't about spending sixty five dollars on a pair of shoes for someone who's in junior high. So mm-hmm. we went to Marshalls. And I ended up getting a pair of uh, white, like the natural on white airships that they had for $35. Wow. Okay. Um, so that was my first ever Nike Air basketball shoe. And I wore them for a while, you know, like, and I think mm-hmm. I'm sure I found out like around that time that Jordan was wearing them because like that would have been in Sports Illustrated and everything else. Um, the funny part is like in the early 2000s, and I think. Mm-hmm. I ended up tracking down another pair um, wow. on eBay. And, like, I don't mess with – I'll be honest. Like, I don't really like the Jordan Airship, like, with uh-huh. the Jordan 1 sole. Because, like, I remember this sole unit that had Whoa. this kind of, like – That's thick. Cantilever base or whatever. Yeah. Because yeah. it was – I mean, <laughs> it was the replacement for the Air Force 1. Like, mm-hmm. it's mad high. It's got, like – you know, the old school style Nike Air on the back, like, yeah. and this Nike logo on the, um, on the midsole instead of air. Yeah. That's built of, to last. That's built to last up for sure. A little bit. Like it's not mm-hmm. straight across. It's almost like a tiny little heel counter. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are laced like crazy. I, I should relace these, but I kind of like they did the bar lace and under mm-hmm. like, ah, it's mad confusing. Um, <laughs> and somewhere back there, I have a pair of, uh, royal on white or navy on white ones too mm-hmm. that 
I actually, there's a photo in the book. Like I brought him to Bobito's apartment years ago when we were doing an episode of kicks to have mm-hmm. him talk about him. I wanted to, I flipped his, uh, Bobito spins the tracks and whoever it is states the facts. And we mm-hmm. did it with sneakers instead. Oh um, man, that's sick. But it's kind of funny seeing that. Cause like back then, like no one cared about the airship. Like, mm-hmm. I don't remember what I paid for him, but it wasn't a ton. And now like you can't afford them anymore. Like, yeah the vintage ones have gotten crazy like and i'm kind of bummed i didn't find a white red pair before prices got too crazy i remember seeing like someone there was someone who would list like a size six green on white mm-hmm. that was up forever and i think i was actually tempted to buy those ones because they were like dead stock but mm-hmm. um yeah i don't even know what that stuff goes for anymore i mean especially with them well with nike pushing the airship out now and just trying to get more people in it, like making it more front of mind. People are definitely trying to hike up those prices. The thing on is, the old to pairs. me, like if you're going to do a Jordan airship, and I understand they do the Air Jordan in one in a zillion colors, mm-hmm. but to me, like if you're going to do a Jordan airship, it's white red, it's the black red one with Air Jordan across the heel, mm-hmm. and maybe it's that white natural. Although I think, if I remember correctly, he wore like a basic white natural pair. Like it didn't even have the, the Jordan one sole unit on it. Cause I, at least he, at least once he wore like sort of the regulation airship. Mm-hmm. So to me, like the white orange, the white yellow, like I, I don't, I don't really understand that. And at the same time, like, and that's what I think gets messed up with retro mm-hmm. is like, they can say this stuff is significant or whatever, but if I'm a kid looking for a shoe, and I see an airship, an Air Jordan 1, and a dunk. The airship comes in a distant third behind those other yeah. two. Just in something that's, like, wearable and looks cool. Like, mm-hmm. the ship is, like, a basic 80s Nike shoe. It's white with, you know, what do you call it? Some sort of, like... Like a, well, blue like or... color, whether it's yeah. blue or white or red. Yeah, I mean, the dunk and the AJ1 definitely take color a lot better. And mm-hmm. they were designed to because they came along later. So, um, you know, I know, like, obviously the Air Force One is so iconic and it's been in a billion different colorways, but, like, I don't know. They're trying to, like, split the difference with the airship, and, like, mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. To me, like, a shoe can be significant, and that's great, but that doesn't mean you have to go buy it. Yeah, I, I agree with that 1,000%. I mean, I don't know. I know you... I know, like, when, when I first started finding your work and stuff like that, like, the the amount of, like, people who were called prominent sneakerheads always just had massive amounts of sneakers. You know, it was, like, the big thing. You know, if you don't have 700 pairs, you, you're right, not, right, you know. Right. Yeah. And I don't know how important that is to me now. Uh, I definitely think, like, 2000s. Ooh, if you had that, you were probably, I would look at you like you were a god or something. But, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but, uh, after like, you know, doing this podcast and learning about excess and like, it's not, it's not sustainable as you, as you said. And we've talked about on here because I've had, uh, Air V, the Air Vegan on here as well. Right. Okay. Um, and it's, it's just not good for the environment and stuff like that. And so being selective as what I've always been, 
uh, I grew up as like, you know, really into dunks and then shifted into back into Jordans because I didn't get to own any pairs when I was younger. So yeah. I got, you know, yeah. then you start branching out, you learn more about other brands and stuff like that. Uh, how did it how did it affect you? Like when you were younger and still like you didn't have a ton of sneakers, I'm sure. But oh, yeah. like, like what, what what was it for you that you were just like, oh, I'm just going to keep I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep at this and well, get I mean, some what, other pairs. Know, when we were younger, like, I didn't even know anyone who had a ton of sneakers, you mm-hmm. know? Like, who would have? Like, maybe pro athletes did or college athletes or whatever who had hookups, but I didn't know people who did. Like, there was one kid I knew in high school who I will not name because even though the statute of limitations has probably run out, mm-hmm. but, like, he worked at Athlete's Foot, and I'm pretty sure, like, the story was that went around the high school was, like, when he would, like, take the garbage out to the dumpster he would take a couple pairs of shoes and stash Mm. them and just grab them afterwards and this is in like (laughs) the late 80s and like i don't know what it was like whether it was that or just like he had a good enough discount and rich enough parents but like he had everything like he Mm -hmm. if it was cool like he had a pair but like that was unusual you know that most of us like you got like one or two pairs a year and you made those last you know Mm -hmm. like you kept them clean halfway through the year. Maybe you switch the laces up like just to do something different with them. Yeah. When you got a new pair, like your old pair became like kind of your secondary pair and your third pair was like lawn mowing status or, or outdoor ball or riding bikes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't, and, and you know, maybe this sounds crazy to some people, but like I didn't start getting like extra, extra pairs until I was like, 23 24 years old like after college and mm-hmm. that was like when those first when those first air jordan retros came out in 94 and 95 wow and they went on like stupid crazy sale because no one cared mm-hmm. but i bought like all three pairs i bought well not all three i bought one pair of ones one pair of twos one pair of threes all at retail i bought black red ones the two highs mm-hmm. and the um the black cement threes because i'd wanted those since they dropped in 88 and never got yeah. them and as it was like i only had to wait seven years that's not bad all things considered right. um but like i paid retail for all of those and at that point like you know yeah i actually had a job i was starting to write a little bit for slam so like i mm-hmm. had some money coming in rent used to be cheap back then you know i was living in delaware on like on mlk for like 325 a month Wow. I guess it wasn't on MLK. I was like across 95 from MLK. I was in like kind of a sketchy neighborhood though. Like yeah. I, got, I ended up getting robbed at gunpoint and like, Oh no. We got a Wilmington. Yeah. That, that oh, wasn't Jesus. good. Um, and then shortly thereafter I got hired on full time at slam and moved to the mm-hmm. city. But like, um, but yeah, I mean the thought of like stacking up a ton of pairs, like wasn't even something I thought about mm-hmm. until then. And then it's like, okay, go to slam start doing the sneaker coverage for them brands start sending you stuff mm-hmm. and it's like then it becomes it, it kind of like i'm trying to think like it, it it grows exponentially like when you start getting sent stuff for free mm-hmm. and stuff starts to pile up then it becomes even easier to buy more stuff because you're like yeah. well i got this this and this for free mm-hmm. I can spend the money on this other thing that I didn't get that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I've never gone back and tried to figure out like 
oh, how many pairs did I get sent? I mean, I could probably never figure that out. But like, I mean, it got crazy for a while because like in the mid to late 90s, when I first started doing that, like retro, again, was just barely getting off the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, collabs were few and very far yeah. between. Like you were lucky if you were a shop and got a collab. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you only got sent so much. I remember like the first stuff I got was like, the Fila Stackhouse 2s, mm-hmm. which I was super psyched on. I got a That's pair a of shoe. black and gold questions, which I still have, mm-hmm. um, that I played like outdoor ball in and actually are still okay. Um, I mean, and one used to send us a ton of stuff, like even before they started making shoes, but like mm-hmm. I definitely had like Tai Chi's and all that. Um, You're just walking around the house and uh, your game is as trash as the garbage shirt. (laughs) Not even that. You know what their best thing was, was the shorts. I don't know if you remember those, but like they made like a double mesh, like game short that had pockets. Mm -hmm. That was like so good. I I don't Mm -hmm. think I ever kept a pair of those because back then I was thinking I was like XL and definitely not an XL. (laughs) This Uh, this is Iverson days. Those would have been crazy big now, but uh, yeah, I mean, so whatever, like you start getting sense stuff. And that's the thing, like you go and look like at the people who are pushing like the idea of having crazy numbers of shoes and like, mm-hmm. I bet they're not paying for a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, or if they are, it's someone who's a celeb or something else. And it's like, yeah, well, you can buy like a hundred pairs and get press for it for less than you're going to pay for like a luxury car. And if you're making mm-hmm. millions, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a small price to pay and like a small room to sacrifice to keep your collection. And mm-hmm. then like wherever you're going, you're getting photographed. So it's like, all right, you got to wear like different stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. To me, like if you're a regular person, there's like such crazy diminishing returns on having so many pairs. Like, yeah, because I think for any of us, if you have. 10 pairs if you have a hundred pairs if you have a thousand pairs if you have ten thousand pairs there's going to be one pair that you wear the most yeah you know there's going to be some pair that you love that stays by the door that like you're most likely going to wear and then you have like a dozen or whatever pairs you mix in like on a fairly regular basis and then nearly every pair after that like you have to try and remember you even have it yeah exactly so like (coughs) I don't know. I mean, that was always the thing with me is like, I don't know what I maxed out at. I have no Mm -hmm. idea. Like I never kept count. Um, There were periods I had shoes so many places. Like I had a storage unit. I had an office with shoes in it. I had like shoes in my parents' house or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, like you could get, I could get rid of like 500 pairs and you would have no idea that I did because I would still be wearing the same stuff I do. Right. The first just, couple of years of the pandemic, I probably got rid of 300 pairs. Yeah. I know you were you were big on donating them. Donating uh, them, leaving yeah. them out with notes mm-hmm. in them. Um, you know, I did sell a bunch because it's like, whatever, I'm not crazy. I'm not going to, like, <laughs> leave everything on the street. Um, but, I I mean, I am going to keep doing that. Like, And Clark, DJ Clark, like, he would wear a pair and then leave it at the end of the night somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, So he was at least some of the inspiration for, like, leaving pairs out um i mean i was yeah. leaving brand new pairs out too so i um 
I was I have notifications on because me and him are the same size. So oh, I'm a, right. I'm a 13. 13. So as soon as he see he tries, uh, as soon as he drops one, I'm like, all right, let me see where is it. Let me see if I can get it. <laughs> and you kind of got to get him that way because he, as far as I know, he just buys every single size 13 that exists. So like otherwise, you're probably mm-hmm. not getting it, especially yeah. in New York. Especially in New York. Uh, I mean, the the way that I don't know. Like the way that sneakers has progresses, you know, you're you're part of that, and especially in my eyes, and the the like sneaker media now is not as fun, and I don't think it's fun at all. That's why I like I like <laughs> bring doing doing this version of this podcast where you know I get to ask stories and get stories from you. Like where yeah. I know you get a bunch of sneakers for free, but like was there ever a moment that you had to wait online? Where like did you oh, yeah. did you have yeah? I used to wait online all the time, like, because, yeah, you would get sent stuff. And like I said, mm-hmm. like, when you get sent stuff, you want stuff even more. But, like, the thought of getting a collab or something like that for free, like, I remember mm-hmm. going to Stussy and lining up for the, uh, what do you call it, the Harachi Lights when mm-hmm. they did those. Mm-hmm. And, like, I wanted those, like, what was it, black poison green or I, I forget, like, black yeah, and green I, or navy. I know the I uh... black and green. They, like, not the ones that retroed. They they like retroed a, a couple. I forget, but like yeah. whatever the whatever the um the Harachi lights they did were, there mm-hmm. were two colorways, and there was a colorway yeah. I wanted that sold out, and then the colorway I only eh, was kind of whatever about that mm-hmm. wasn't. So I bought those. Um, you know, Supreme when they dropped the the first Dunk Lows, like I went to Supreme like five times or five <coughs> days in a row. Because they would mm-hmm. trickle them out. They would sell like 10 pairs a day. And you'd go up to the counter and be like, yo, I need this pair of size nine and a half black. Nah, not today. Try tomorrow. Jeez. And like I tried for a week and finally got a pair. And I wore mm-hmm. those like every day. Yeah. I, I think you, They're like one of the most cool pairs of shoes like I've ever had. Yeah, um, you posted them recently or like a couple of months ago or something like that. The soles are worn all the way mm-hmm. down. Like the leather's all messed up. The The what do you call it? The sock liner is split mm-hmm. at the heel and the padding's gone like all the way to the, what do you call it? The heel counter, like the plastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they're completely trash, but it's like, I was so psyched to get those. Like I just didn't take them off mm-hmm. and they were like, whatever, like 200 bucks or what I forget what retail was, but Supreme tail. Yeah. Um, you know, I went to Supreme to get all three pairs of the highs with the stars. Wow. They're all long gone. I, I think I sold the, all those at the original Flight Club on Green Street mm-hmm. um, for way less than they go for now. I'm pro- I probably sold all three for less than you would pay for a single pair Jeez. of pre-worn ones now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was a lot of stuff I bought like that. But the thing is, some of it you didn't have to line up for. I mm-hmm. bought like, uh, I think I bought all the Jordan, like the original four and five retros in mm-hmm. 99 and 2000 like just og colors like i didn't buy any of the retro plus stuff um mm-hmm. but i think i bought all that stuff at Foot Locker on 34th um before they before I, they expanded yeah oh way before yeah. i mean i remember buying mm-hmm. like uh the lebron first games two pairs at mm-hmm. a uh some little like independent whatever sneaker urban clothing store on 34th and it was before like they were supposed to release and i saw them and i was like oh shit i gotta pick these up (laughs) that's Um, crazy i bought multiple colors of like all those i bought the i bought two pairs of wheats i bought two pairs of 
white, black, and reds. Like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like I bought all that stuff. Um, and like, actually it's funny, like doubles was something I, that I did very briefly and mm-hmm. just, I learned pretty quick. Like that was just a bad idea. Like I rarely <laughs> wore the first pair enough to even get to the second pair. Yeah. And then you're like wasting shelf space for two pairs of the same shoe. Um, when the where did that where did that come from? The one to rock, run the stock. I think for me, it did come from the idea of like, oh yeah, I'm gonna wear these so much, I'm gonna need another pair. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I probably should have done that with like the Supremes, but um, like I still have both my pairs of uh, of wheats. One I got painted by Andre Trenier, who's an artist from New York, like, mm-hmm. um, and I still have those in the box, like painted. I think I posted those on Instagram too. Um, but I still have my first pair that I wore and mm-hmm. they're still wearable. They haven't fallen apart yet. Um, the first games, I don't know if I wore either pair. I might've worn the one pair and then ended up selling both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, just like downsizing. Like, again, like I, I the resale, the current resale market, like, blows my mind. Like, I don't even understand it. I remember one day, like, I was in, this is mm-hmm. a few years ago now, like, I was in stadium goods, like, waiting to, like, consign, like, two pairs, like, whatever. And dude ahead of me in line had, like, five Ikea bags, like, full of shoes. And he steps to the counter before me and is pulling stuff out. And he had, like, he had, like, a full-size run of Black Cement 3s. And I'm just, like, I guess this is how it works now. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Like I'm not doing that. I don't it's know. Not me, fun. Like this, retail discovery is so cool. You know, like mm-hmm. I still remember pairs I bought at retail, and it's like I just can't get my mind around the idea of like, oh, they have X amount of pairs of whatever this desirable shoe is. I'm gonna buy all of them. Like, mm-hmm. nah. Like leave them for the next person. Like some kid is going to get what they want and be super psyched. And you're going to have like a convert sneakerhead for life. Yeah. And now like, what are we doing? Like people go to stores and like, you can't find anything like between people buying up anything desirable and brands mm-hmm. like not even giving retailers their most sought after stuff. Yeah. Like you're basically just telling a whole generation, like forget it. Yeah. You know? Like good luck on stock X. And it's like, it's, they're just going to be like, fun. yo, forget it. We're just going to wear Vans then or whatever yeah. it is. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just so counterproductive. I it's I mean, I, well, firstly, shout out to your your Dick's Chronicles on, mm. on Twitter, whenever you go, when you get oh, when you yeah, go yeah, and yeah. you you, you chronicle your uh, your your chat, your, your talks with the employees and I mean, about like new shoes. Items, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, mm hmm. And that's the thing, like, for me, like, and that's what I want people to get out of the book, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and I've told other people this, I'm like, look, yeah, it's about the, you know, it's the telling the story of basketball through these 15 sneakers, but like, I don't want people to look at it as a checklist. Like, I don't think like, even if I think those shoes are significant, like, Mm -hmm. I don't think you have to go out and buy all of them. I don't even own all of them. And I have no plans to like. I think you can appreciate something in the past without having to like buy it to validate it somehow. Like, yes, what I want people to get out of it is like the reason these shoes are significant is like this, this, and this, like Mm -hmm. for me, it's like with a lot of them, it's a three prong kind of thing. And that's why I think retro covers this specific time period for the most Mm -hmm. part. It's the ads, it's the players 
and mm-hmm. it's the shoes themselves. All three, if all three are like super hot, like then that shoe's gonna pop off. And I think we should want that out of current shoes. Oh, one thousand percent. You know, and right even... now a lot of it you get two. Yeah, you, you, the top ones you're like lucky. I guess you're lucky to get two, really. Like mm-hmm. you, you have the a great player with a really good shoe. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's really doing like advertising anymore. I feel I like. Think... The, I think there was a I think there I'm trying to remember if there is a Tatum commercial I feel like there is but it's but because of we don't nobody's really on linear TV anymore right that it right. like is it as your ad dollars going towards uh, you know advertising on digital I mean I work in advertising so like this is it. this is my yeah, brain yeah, right yeah, here yeah. so so like if your ad do- dollars are going towards advertising and digital are you selling enough to to make it happen because usually if you're looking at something it's either a product like a like a medical medicine product or a tv show they're trying to make you watch later right, so right. you know you, it, I think there was there is an ad on YouTube for the Tatums, but it's not like they don't put in the amount of production into, say, like, you know, a like Mike ad or like, right. you know, right. or or even any of the one through 16s or one through 17. Like back then, yeah. Nike, Nike created like literal mythology. You know, you had yeah. Mike and Mike. You had obviously the Bugs Bunny, Marvin, the Martian stuff. But like mm-hmm. Lil Penny and Penny Hardaway, like, right. That made Penny Hardaway like. Half the reason I think his shoes are still as big as they are, even though mm-hmm. some, I mean, I think some of them do stand alone, like, I, or stand by themselves, like, as far as being a good shoe. But, like, mm-hmm. those commercials were everything. everything. You know, even with LeBron early on, with the one in the church or Bernie Mac or, like, mm-hmm. um, what do you call it? The LeBrons, you know, like, yeah. that, that's almost like the last ones I remember being, like, super cool and super, like, universal. Um, mm mm-hmm. And I know, like, yeah, Nike's done a couple of jaw commercials too, I think, but nothing on the, nothing like with that kind of <coughs> power, you know? Right? Like, yeah. Yo, like Charles Barkley had commercials that were voiced over by Chuck D and directed by David Fincher. Like, I mean, it was like Mad. theatrical <laughs> stuff. That's like so that, wild. You would watch whatever you were watching just to see the commercials, like Mm -hmm. the debut of a new air Jordan commercial on all-star weekend was just as important as the dunk contest. Yeah. Um, And like, I, I I agree that there isn't the same, you know, thing where everyone's sitting down and watching the same thing at the same time, but there Mm -hmm. are some, I mean, the super bowl is still the super bowl. NBA Mm -hmm. all-star is still all-star. Like people are still watching that together. Like Mm -hmm. there's no reason a brand couldn't do a big budget, insane commercial at all-star for a shoe, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause I think like if you hit on two of those things, like if your player is a baller and your shoe is good, you're mm-hmm. probably, you can kind of fake the third one. Cause now like everyone kind of mark, you know, Nike and to a lesser extent, the other brands yeah. benefit from social media where like, there's a million people out there willing to do their advertising for them for you know, free. Like, oh, well, think, they're even paying, even paying to do the advertising, which I find insane. Right. Like, right. <laughs> and, and like, there's a ton of people out there who like probably know more about retro product than anyone at Nike or Jordan does who are mm-hmm. more than happy to fill in the gaps. And it's like, yo, like you should be getting a check to do that. Like you're crazy to just be like pushing that on your own. 
Yeah. But as far as current product goes, like, you know, the Tatum, uh, I think the Jaws pretty good. Yeah. I even think the Luca is decent. Like, I think, I think yeah, there's I think... a couple shoes out there that are, are pretty good. And the players obviously are transcendental. Yeah. Like, but Kawhi shoes pretty good as well, I think. Yeah, I haven't seen oh. as much of that. Like again, mm-hmm. like I'm just looking at what's actually literally I mean, he, on he, he's, he's, doors. The shoes like, are load load management as well. So yes. <laughs> no, I mean you can't. Yeah, the Kawhi, like literally the only shoe you see is like the two way. Um, yeah. The only shoe I saw to go back to Dick Sporting Goods, the only mm-hmm. Adidas basketball shoe I saw there was the new Trey Young. It was the only mm, one they had. Yeah. When I when I went to uh, Burlington Co Factory, I made a video about Burlington Co Factory, and they had a lot of a lot of Trey Youngs there. But the thing and, is, so that 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 was like the what the three was that the three that was it? It's like the new one, think. right, with the stripes over the forefoot. Yes, yes. Did you try and put a pair of those on? No, they didn't have a thirteen. I didn't. I tried to put a pair on. I literally yeah. could not get my foot in that shoe. Oh yeah, it was the Damn. tight ankle collar. It's a tight knit ankle <laughs> collar mm-hmm. with like the dog bone thing in the heel, mm-hmm. and that's great. I'm sure it gives you lockdown or whatever, but it don't matter if you can't get the thing on your foot, you know. And again, like they're thirty five dollars, so it's like you're trying to convince people that Trey Young shoe is worth like a buck twenty or whatever right. you're charging for it. You could buy the previous one for like eighty percent off. Like, mm-hmm. all right. Um, I bought it's, a. It's, I actually did buy a pair of uh, of Donovan Mitchells there because mm-hmm. I was like, well, I kind of want to try them out. They're thirty. They're thirty five dollars, and yeah. Donovan's a Mets fan. So shout out to Donovan. Shout out Donovan. Appreciate that. Um, <laughs> my my uh, he's he was my physical therapy buddy for one day. So one day. Yeah. <laughs> But, that, but, you know, I think, like, because Adidas, I think, is really scrambling as far as, like, signature shoe significance. Like, you know, mm-hmm. maybe the, the new Ant shoe will help them a little bit. But, yeah. um, you know, Harden, I don't know how many people care. Um, Dame, even Mitch and Trey. Like, if you put all those out yeah. and didn't have a player logo on them, I bet mm-hmm. one in ten people would have zero clue whose shoe was whose. Agreed. Agreed. So, like... For them, I feel like if they were to actually hire a real ad agency and put mm. together a crazy commercial or two, you know, they could benefit from that. I think there is room. Like, I don't think the shoes are like unspeakably bad. They're just kind mm. of, I don't know. They just don't do it on their own. And Adidas doesn't have the same um, eagerly awaiting crew of basketball know, volunteer people marketers oh yeah, on yeah, yeah social media to push their product yeah it's interesting to just throw stuff out there and people right are gonna talk about it it's interesting um i i have i'm cool with uh this guy named seth he does this he does a like he he gets free he gets sneakers to early look sneakers uh and yeah. show and shows them off on on socials but he he I'm pretty sure the way of Wade people send him shoes oh, and right. that's early and he'll show them off and be like, you know, this is the new way of Wade coming out such and such. And it's interesting how those outer brands are taking that approach to being like, you know, you know, I mean, well, I haven't seen a lot of linning stuff, right, but, right. Uh, you know, way of Wade. They when I went to ComplexCon last year, they did a whole huge activation where they gave away like three pairs of sneakers. Uh, they had a whole booth, um, and 
you can buy the sneaker as well. And it was like a super exclusive to that. But it's also like, you know, I don't know anything about any of the previous way of ways. I didn't even see anything about way of ways. Yeah. And, you know, it's only through social media. And I don't know if that breeds to like, oh, I'm going to continuously create, you know, models that are successful and and how does that help everybody well, and that's, and that's you know? so far like anything you can't find in real life is going to be difficult and it's like mm -hmm. buying a new model sight unseen and never tried on is one thing like buying a brand you've never worn yeah i don't seem like i don't know like i don't care how good their return policy is like i just don't want to deal with it you know like i don't want to order two sizes and try them both on and send the other one back and like mm -hmm. have to deal with maybe getting a refund for it like I don't know. And that's kind of where I'm at with a lot of this is like, you know, my, my big overarching thing is there, there's just way too much stuff getting made. Like, yeah, there is no call for this much stuff like at all. And it's going to scale back whether they want it to or not. And it's kind of mm -hmm. like, I feel like we're already reaching the point where brands can either voluntarily scale back and accept the fact that like, that might be rough for a quarter <laughs> or something. Right. Or like they're going to be forced to because there's going to be so much stuff that just doesn't sell. Mm -hmm. um, so personally, for me, like my way of dealing with it is like forget retro because like I mm -hmm. said, if I had it, I had it. If I didn't have it, I didn't need it. Done. Mm -hmm. No more. So that cuts out a lot. Then on top of that, like if I can't walk into a store on my own time when I want to and buy it, it doesn't exist to me. I don't even right. think about it. So like, you know, I really, I did want a pair of John Morant's at one point, like, but I couldn't find them. Like, you know, if you go said, to, uh, if you go to uh, JD sports, they have them. You can, see, you they, can walk in and get them. When I went. Oh, okay. when I, this was like months ago. This is like, in the oh, okay. When they if you pull up, if you pull up by me, uh, now by they, city field. Now yeah. they probably have them. Now they probably yeah. have them. But like, so there was that. And then like the initial pairs of, uh, what do you call it of Tatum's they didn't have many either like I wanted mm -hmm. the I think it was like a white green gum pair like it was like a super summer kind of pair and I was like oh I'll buy mm -hmm. these and wear them in the summer and they're just gone yeah because they either didn't get many or whatever else now like when I went and bought these uh black red and gray ones they had like four different colorways like so it's almost too many like they're not going to sell out mm -hmm. um but like the wall, yeah. I mean, the basketball wall is just insane anyway. Like even if you yeah. limit it to that, there's still way too much. You know, it's like four colors of Lucas at once. Mm -hmm. Or like four colors of those Giannis, um, whatever. What are they up to? Five or six with him? I um, think they – and they also have an offshoot too. It's like another yeah, shoot because no, I was – yeah. That's the thing too. They have offshoots for Giannis. They have offshoots for KD and mm -hmm. offshoots for LeBron. So yeah. it's like you have like – five or six signature level guys and then three of them having multiple shoes mm -hmm. and it's just like yo like what is any of this you know and then there, there's, there's also no... nike basketball having its own like they recently did that zoom gt right the GT and cut the jump yeah uh, whatever and then a bunch of colors of sabrina's mm -hmm. and it's like meanwhile like so everything now is skewing low top because kobe's were out of production and like a lot of guys, I think, realize like they want to play in lows. So now mm -hmm. the LeBron is a low, the KD is low, the Giannis is a low, mm -hmm. and now they're going to start making Kobe's again. So it's like they're all just going to eat into each other. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah, like I guess if you're 
a super fan of one of these guys, like you're going to cop whoever you're a fan of most. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't even think about it until I was in the city and one of the people who does publicity for Workman, my publisher, mm-hmm. uh, her mom works for UNC and was like, I'll forgive you for wearing the Tatums. I'm like, shit, I forgot Tatum went to Duke. <laughs> Which is a whole separate thing. Like no one goes to college yeah. long enough to even remember. Um, right. Unless yeah, unless you like, go to Kentucky, and you and even if they're one and done, everybody talks about them going to Kentucky. True, true, true. <laughs> uh, shout out to Devin Booker. Like he's another one. Like I haven't seen mm-hmm. his shoe in real life yet. I'm kind of curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, and, and that's kind of like I don't want to. Brands have have it now, and blogs have it, and everyone has it. Like right. basically, the to be a sneakerhead now, you have to be buying all the time, mm-hmm. and just no, no, not interested in that. Like yeah. buying stuff, and especially if you go back to like eighties, nineties, again, early two thousands, that mm-hmm. was the beginning of like your relationship with the shoe because you would wear the hell out of it. Right, like you bought it, you brought it home, you would stare at it and be like. I've had people, yeah, I've had people on here sleep with them. They would put it because it wasn't worn yet. They would sleep with them for the night, and then you had your your outfit picked out. Well, if your bed was big enough, first of all, I don't know if that a lot of people. (laughs) You had a queen. I would like put my foot on the bathroom counter to like see what they look like on foot. You know, like stand in front of a mirror, like before I even wore them outside. Uh, Uh But that's thing. Like, I think people need to get past the whole idea of like buy it, have it show up to their house, open the box, get mm-hmm. all excited, post it on Instagram, and then just add it to the stack because the next one's releasing like two days later. So you got to buy that yeah. one too. And to me, it's like, yo, like appreciate what you have. Like that was another thing like for me where it's like, I don't know, everyone talks about the whole buy what you like thing. Mm-hmm. And my problem with that is like, yo, the companies have been going at this for a long time. Like, you're probably going to like everything. Everything. There are not many like straight up bad shoes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, especially if you're talking about from one of the big brands, like Mm -hmm. there's not much you're going to look at and be like, Oh, that's terrible. Except for maybe the current heart, which is pretty, (laughs) but you're going to want everything. So like you, if you say just buy what you like, yeah, you're just going to buy things all the time. Yeah. And to me, it's like you need to turn around and look at what you have. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it's not do I want this because you're going to want everything. It's yeah. more like, do I need this? Like, do I need another pair of dunks or mm-hmm. do I need another pair of like white based leather shoes? Like you've already got like five pairs of those you don't wear already. And exactly. It, whoever you are out there, you know who I'm talking to. <laughs> like, yeah, Morgan. Like, it's just craziness. You know, it's like. Yeah. How many pairs of running shoes do you need? Like, I don't know. I don't it's, know. I mean, I, I, we talked about a little bit on Twitter, but like, you know, sneaker media now, it's, it's all about using the lingo that a lot of people created on the forums as to sell the sneaker that they're not even getting paid to sell. And I, I always found it just cringy when somebody's like, when somebody's on Twitter, like one of the sneaker news people on Twitter is like, are the new dunks, the must cop sneaker of the year. I'm like, didn't you just, just type that like last week, last week, you know? I mean, whatever, Uh, like, you know, and like, I don't envy anybody trying to do like mm -hmm. daily sneaker media now. Cause it's gotta be difficult. Like, cause even, I mean, we did, 
well, I'm trying to even remember when the last season of Quick Strike was, like 2015 or 16. Like, I mean, it's gotten got to be 2015 worse since then. Yeah, like, the amount of releases is bonkers. Yeah, even since I, then, like I can't imagine trying to do like, or like try and come up with like a sneakers of the year. Like, <laughs> yo, there's like 20 releases a week. Mm-hmm. How do you figure that out with like a thousand pairs a year or whatever the hell it is? Like, or that's terrible math. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's just like there's so much, but. You know, I mean, even when I was writing about sneakers on a daily basis, we would do stuff like, you know, the last pair of whatever's you'll ever need. And it's like, are you kidding? We're going to try and hype up another pair that's like this next week. Like, yeah, no one ever does that. And like everyone in the media does that. Um, I mean, it's just as common with like fashion media as sneaker Mm -hmm. media, I think. You know, it's like the last pair of jeans you'll ever need. All right, if I buy these, does that mean I can stop reading about jeans forever? <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, there are some pairs like you can just get that. Like you right. probably do fine with the rotation of like Stan Smith's, some random pair of Jordans mm-hmm. or Panda Dunks for that matter, which I don't think are that bad. Um, and like whatever pair of running shoes, you could just have those three pairs and wear those for like, a full year and be fine. Mm-hmm. And if you're wearing each pair like a third of the time, you're not going to wear any of them out right away either. You could just right. re-up. End of the year, just re-up. Something mm-hmm. similar. Um, it's just, and, I don't you know. It's I, like buying all these marginally different things. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand like when it, when it, when it became that. Uh, but like, because I was out, there's like a moment where I feel like I think I can pinpoint it. And there was this moment in time where a bunch of kids were always like posting on YouTube about how much their clothes cost. And yeah, it turned me off big time. But a lot of that was like, when this is, I mean, look, people call me an old head now, you know, and so, so when it comes to the stuff, so I, I don't necessarily care if like uh, how much you pay for a sneaker resale. Like if you do that, that's on you. Like you wanted to do that, that's fine. It's not my money. But at the same time, it's like I don't care how much they're worth. Like if it, do you enjoy what you're wearing? Like that's that's it. That's all I but care about. That, like worth worth isn't anything. Yeah. Like, this isn't art. This isn't like you know these aren't all like handmade, limited like whatever. All the the Paris Dunks came out of the same factories as like whatever white patent leather foot action exclusives, you know, like mm-hmm. maybe not the same literal factory, but kind of the same thing. You know, it's not, mm-hmm. the difference is a print. It's not even like hand painted. So mm-hmm. to me, you know what it's worth? It's worth $65. It's worth whatever is printed on the box. If right. you paid $40,000 for those, you should have bought a Corvette. Like that's what I don't get. Like there's this, um, need to like i don't know if it's validation or like to celebrate like people <coughs> paying stupid amounts of money for shoes and it's like yo again go back to the 80s go back to the night like the cool thing was finding stuff cheap the cool thing yeah was paying retail or paying under retail mm-hmm. you know like the original diggers the people who bought literal dead stock from old stores like the whole mm-hmm. point was they're paying like 10 bucks a pair, if that. Yeah. Because it's stuff that the storekeepers didn't want. Like, it's just taking up space. They would probably gladly just throw it away. <laughs> yeah. So, like, 
you know, I think the concept to any of the OG heads like a Chris Hall or Adam Levinson or, mm -hmm. you know, Dante, like, you're not trying to pay like thousands of dollars for a pair Definitely of shoes. Definitely not. That doesn't make you a sneakerhead. Like, that makes you a loser. Mm -hmm. I just, it, it just makes zero sense to me. Like, you want a pair of like, okay, say like the staple dunks or pigeons, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know what was cool? Cool would have been to wait in line to deal with the fights, to deal with the cops, to deal with mm -hmm. everything else and to buy a pair at retail. You know, you, you can spend now, like, I don't know, they, they go for insane money too. You can go yeah. ahead and spend 20 grand on a pair if you want to. But like that doesn't get you, that doesn't buy you the history. That doesn't. No, it buy definitely you, doesn't. Like, that doesn't retroactively mean that you waited outside Read Space for them. You probably mm -hmm. don't even know what Read Space is. You know, like, I just made a video about that. <laughs> so it's like, you know, people are trying to buy like the, um, I don't know what you call, you know, the notoriety of mm -hmm. a shoe. But it's like all you're getting is the shoe. Yeah. And like. If you want to impress people with that, that's fine. Like, to me, the whole point of, the like, even the Supreme Dunks for me was the story. The whole thing was going back there every day. Like, I remember that stuff. I remember, like, making friends with Alex Corporan, you know, going to Max Fish and running into those guys and, like, mm -hmm. slowly, slowly, slowly becoming, like, an accepted sort of <laughs> customer or whatever because they were, like yeah. – iffy with people sometimes and like oh yeah i the last time i went to max fish they were still iffy about people too so oh well i meant supreme but like <laughs> oh supreme and also supreme kind of the same thing but yeah. it's funny too and you know supreme back then was like basically meant you were either a skater or you were at least down with them you know right. there was no real secondary market there you had to go to the store there was mm -hmm. no online and now it's like the same exact douchebags that you were like separating yourself from by wearing Supreme, they're the ones buying Supreme now. Yeah. But and that, it's but like, the same way, you know, it's like, yeah, stuff became so big that like mm -hmm. back in the day, you would wear a pair, even a pair of Jordans, and like you were kind of part of a, a smaller subculture. And now it's just like everything's everyone. So it's like, no, yeah. What are you actually saying with this stuff? No, I th it's so it's so interesting because, well, I don't know if it's interesting, actually, <laughs> but it, it's it's funny that like because I always talk about the subgenres of sneaker of like sneaker culture. And and it's funny how people don't understand that there are subgenres because everything is so mainstream now. It's so easy yeah. to find everything. I remember having spent hours to learn about you know, specific sneakers to learn about DQM, to learn about, you know, uh, North and stash and, and Espo and all these great right, creators right, that right. help bring into the, into New York city, the little boutiques that, that were here. And that's where I learned sneaker culture, but now we don't even have boutiques that are, you know, like there isn't another DQM there isn't another North. There isn't like the right. OG Supreme, right. like even clientele across the street was like part of that where you just yep. walk walk around do your do your spots uh, uh hopefully cop something that you were like wow i can't believe this is here um and get to know people and talk to the the, the people that work there you learn you know about skate culture you learn about all that stuff that like i mean not to glorify it but the movie mid 90s uh basically loved uh and 
<laughs> and but that, but uh, the thing is, the thing is, and like brands mm-hmm. reduced it all to just selling, you know, and like made yeah. a, made a lot of DTC stuff, put it online, did all this other mm-hmm. stuff. And the thing is that I don't think they'll ever understand, or that they don't even. They, honestly, they understand. I, I shouldn't be that, but like mm-hmm. they don't care about is that purchasing was kind of just like a bonus for things. Yeah. I mean, the thing was on a Saturday to make that big loop and go to like, and depending on like what year it was and what it closed and what it opened, but like a life mm-hmm. Rivington union Stussy, the original Supreme clientele mm-hmm. DQM when it was around the corner from CB's, mm-hmm. you know, you hit all those spots and like, maybe you didn't buy anything. Maybe nothing new came out. Maybe they didn't have anything in your size, but like, that was still a good day because it's like you're running into all these people who are doing the same thing you are, who have the same yeah. interests you do. Like, you're going to come out of that. Like, at the very least, you'll have learned something. At the very least, you'll have made a friend. At the very least, you'll have spoken to someone like a stash or, mm. you know, one of the dudes of Supreme or, or you know, whoever, like uh, Will when he was at Nam de Guerre. Um, mm-hmm. What's the other spot I'm thinking of? Uh, damn where where is it i don't even know there was another spot i had in my head but like or even the the spot that was that uh next to swatch or the one that was downstairs that was not the gear yeah 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 that was not the gear yeah 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 Yeah. but there there there, there was something else like i'm trying to think (coughs) um not kith that was that's way pre-kith way pre-kith yeah way pre 21 mercer um you know maybe at one point you had the uh the design studio mm-hmm. on Orchard. There was the Orchard Street mm-hmm. spot that had the Orchard Street dunks, like the customs or whatever. Yeah, um, that's a grail for me. I mean, there were there were a bunch of places down there, but again, like even mm-hmm. with those, like those were cool if you knocked a pair off the power line back then. Mm-hmm. I think buying them now, like, just isn't the same thing. Nah. Like, and it's... that's that's why I don't think people understand, and that's why I think like, and I think people get mad about it actually. When you tell them, like, yo, like, you can't, you can't relive that time, you know, like, you can't, buying a pair of 1985 Jordan 1s right now for, like, five grand or three grand or whatever they go for is not going to magically transform it that you bought them at Copeland's for two for 25 or that you bought them Mm. at Foot Locker when they came out in 1985 and people stole all the bus posters and they sold out. And, like, mm-hmm. people get mad because it's like, well, you can't control how old you are or, like, when you were born or whatever. And the thing is, like, to me, it's like, yeah, okay, well, what's the equivalent of that now? Right. What's the equivalent of the Air Jordan 1? What's the equivalent of whatever, you know, of buying mm-hmm. an Air Force 1 in 1982, of buying a uh, an Air Jordan 11 in 1996? Like, there is something mm-hmm. like that now, and you're intentionally missing it because you want to go back to all this old stuff. And it's like and and not have a like a, a real thing. Yeah, and not and not and not have like a real grasp on why you're doing it. You just think it's something that you have to do. It's kind of With, that, and it's kind uh, of yeah. like, and I feel this way about a lot of things. I think it's, I and I unfortunately I think it runs across like obviously all the fashion style stuff, but I think it even even hip hop, whatever else. Mm-hmm. I think people my age and around there in their 40s and 50s are so like scared of seeming old that they are demanding 
kind of that they still dictate what cool is. Mm. And it's like, to me, when I was 18, when I was 19, when I was 21, whatever, the idea that someone 50 years old would be saying what was cool and what wasn't was insane. We did not care. And the thing is like, I think a lot of kids literally don't care anymore. Like I feel like retro probably when you get into the younger kids, Mm -hmm. they probably do not care nearly as much. Like, and the one shoe I talk about, and like I didn't write about it in the book because I unfortunately the book got pitched before the shoe even took off, really. Mm-hmm. And if I did an updated version with like an, another chapter beyond, I might talk about this one. The uh, the uh, director's cut of <laughs> yeah 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 no, but like I look at what Puma is doing with Lamelo Ball, and I feel yeah. like they're doing it right, and right. I think like. That shoe, like kids are stoked on that shoe. I see a lot mm-hmm. of kids wearing lamellos. And to, for people my age, like I know I have like an immediate, like kind of like look at it and it's like, oh, like it's so like gaudy and so like for kids. And it's like, I think yeah. people my age forget like, yo, you are old. Like <laughs> you should think this is for kids because it is. Right. right. You know, and I think there have been some shoes like those, even some of the Kyrie's like, Mm-hmm. I think kids were into those. Like you look and see like younger kids. Like I used to, when I was in the LES, like I lived by a high school or junior mm-hmm. high school, maybe I can't even tell everyone like from 25 down looks like, Oh yeah. They look fifth grade. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> but like mad kids wear current performance stuff. And it's not until I don't think they hit like peer pressure and like blogs and whatever else, then maybe they get into retro. Cause they have to be told yeah. about that. Right. When they're when they're still figuring stuff out by just going into a store and looking <coughs> and like, Mom, mm-hmm. get me that. Mm-hmm. They want stuff like the mellows. Right. And that's the way it should be, you know, because that's the way it was for me. That's the way it was mm-hmm. for us. Like my parents didn't know what I wanted. Like they had no idea why I would have wanted a Jordan one. OK, I think you'll find the story hilarious, though, um, because you remember the Kevin Garnett commercial where he gets taped to the is it the backboard no to the gate i think it is where the guy's like and he's like i hope you miss you remember that commercial (laughs) no was that a nike commercial that was a nike commercial it was for the flight posit twos i think it was the ones with the the big straps on it with the the gel on the side so that commercial drops right and uh one of the and this is when i was playing middle school basketball and one of the dudes had them instantly as they dropped and i'm like yo these are crazy and i don't know what nike was doing at the time but they were pushing that metallic stuff on the side of the sneakers for a little bit and i didn't want to wear the same sneakers at that as that guy so at the same time that those drop they also dropped the hyper flights okay and okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i and i begged my mom because and then i remember i specifically remember going to her and being like listen the shoe that i want is 220 but for 180 i get i can have kind of the same shoe and it was those and i feel like i want to call them like tab dancing leprechaun shoes but (laughs) but 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 i i remember that was my ploy to get them because i think they dropped for like 160 or 180 it was it was very expensive shoe i don't know yeah yeah. Yeah. and and i got them and 
it was just like the idea of going to the to the foot locker, having a plan of being like, this is how I'm going to get it. This right, is how I'm going right, to go, right. you know, go to my mom. Like that is missing so much because like all these kids that and it, look, it was I played ball in that shoe. I didn't it's not like I was putting up triple double numbers at the park, but yeah. I was. It was a pretty. I think it was a great uh, performance shoe for like a kid who was also fat who could move, who could move. <laughs> but but uh, like you don't get that that like I I would go to because I live I live next to a mall. I'm not trying to dox myself. So uh, yeah. and and I would see these kids would bring in their moms and you'd never really see like the yo these are the sneakers i want for for balling like can i get the, like and you don't get a chance to like a lot of people are not sitting down and trying the sneakers on and right. also which goes back to your tweets about the about dicks it's like a lot of the people that work at sneaker shoes at sneaker stores don't really understand the sh- the store the, the shoes at the store so they they don't really give you like a yo this oh, is yeah. what you're gonna get out of it like and and that's such a lost art form i've had a couple people on here who who would be like you know like brother d who was recently on the the complex pod talking about kobe's he was he was like i studied the shoes they would make me take classes uh at foot locker and i can you know you would learn about kobe's you will learn about like what made them so dynamic what made you know what were you doing on the court with them and it's such a lost art form now because of how mainstream sneakers are and you know, I'm pretty sure your book definitely touches on just how important it was for like the performance aspects to be touched on. Oh yeah, along, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, sneaker ads used to be like car ads. Like there would be yeah. like crazy information on it about stuff because they had to convince you like to spend ninety dollars on a shoe when you could go buy like a pair of canvas joints or whatever for like twenty five dollars. Like mm-hmm. you had to pay way up. And the thing is, like, I don't even blame these people who work at stores anymore. Like. Obviously, like across the board, there aren't enough people employed at stores because they all think like they can cut down to the minimum to pay their shareholders more. And also, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I don't know how someone would even begin to explain what shoes better for you when there's like 40 SKUs, you know, it's way too much. Like, it's one thing if there's 10 or a dozen or like one top of the line shoe. But like now you walk into somewhere and like, again, unless you like study it, you don't even know which is the flagship LeBron and which is like the takedown or whatever else, unless you look at price tags. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still confused over his last one. Like, cause there was the 20 and there was that other one with like the, the little swoosh overlaying the bigger swoosh that they did. Oh like yeah. The yeah. Clan version of like, I don't even know mm-hmm. what that shoe was supposed to be. Cause he wore that one too, I think like, so it's like, mm-hmm. wait, is it two flagships? Like what's, what's even happening? So, um, you know, the idea of getting people to be able to explain that stuff from a performance standpoint, and especially you could basically now just say like, well, it's got Zoom Air and it's a low cut and it's lightweight. And they could be like, okay, which of these 20 shoes are you talking about? And they'd be like, exactly. <laughs> and then you're just screwed. Then it's just like, all right, who do I want to support? Yeah. Um, but actually I'll tack on something with those flight posits. I think it was, mm-hmm. a, was that the flight posit three? I think with the lenticular, because I think the could first be. two both had zips. Um, let me see. I'll, I'll double check because it could be. I thought it was a flight posit too. Let me see. No, no, three. Yeah, you're right. So that was that was the one they did yeah. battlegrounds version of. There was like a yes. navy battlegrounds, and there was the platinum posit, mm-hmm. like silver one. Well, a ton of those ended up getting dumped into Marshalls. I remember in mm-hmm. the suburbs, and those ended up being, they ended up on super clearance for like twenty bucks a pair. 
Mm-hmm. And given what people are paying for like the platinum joints, I should have bought literally all of them, but I had no idea. I think I bought a pair of the Navy ones for mm-hmm. $20. They had the full zoom insole, like yeah. all the way to the forefoot. I took the insoles out. I put them in a pair of dunks I had. I took the flight posits to, uh, to West 4th in the, mm-hmm. like late at night, threw them over the fence into the court. Brand new <laughs> pair, no insoles, like good luck. Um, cause mm-hmm. like, I wasn't going to wear those then I forget how they, they were probably a year or two old at that point. I mean, Marshall's yeah. get like wild old stuff, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's a funny thing too. And that's, I think people don't still comprehend is like some of this stuff that's like so sought after now, like they literally <coughs> could not give it away. Or like, I tell people all the time, like the first pair of Air Jordans I ever paid full price for was mm-hmm. besides the retros, besides the first round of retros was the playoff 11s in 96. Whoa, wow. 25, and I had multiple pairs of Jordans before then. You know, I got the twos when the threes came out. I got mm-hmm. the five, the fours when the fives came out, the fives when the sixes <laughs> came out, the first <coughs> colorway of sevens when the next set of colorways came out. Um, yeah. I bought black olive nines at a Nike outlet in Baltimore for $50 on the back wow. wall. And the tens were already in the outlet. Um, I went to people aren't going to even remember this, but like Herman's mm-hmm. World of Sporting Goods, which was one of the big sporting goods stores. It was at least in New York. I don't know where else. I'm trying um, to think if I haven't been to one. They went out of business in '96. Um, okay. Okay. I bought a pair of like original, like full length Air Up Tempos there. Um, but when they were going out of business, they had like Nick's. Jordan tents with the, oh, wow. you know blue and orange on the bottoms. Didn't even want them. Didn't care. Don't know. Don't know if they ever sold them or not. You know they might have ended up, God knows how cheap. Like, you know, you name like almost any shoe of the past, and like it went on sale. I remember like military blue fours on clearance rack. <coughs> yeah. So, um, you know, it's kind of funny now that like kind of the default is like let's make few enough that they sell out in like 10 seconds so yeah everyone will have to like move right on to the next one it's it's not fun like i keep saying it's not fun <laughs> it, it's just wild um but i do ask one more question before we get up out of here right. uh, <laughs> my bad for keeping you for so, so long also okay. but okay. but so i want you to go back and think about the time when you were about to open the box with the Bruins. Let's go with the Bruins. And uh, now you're you behind your younger self. What would you tell your your younger self, Russ? Oh, man. And that's the thing. Like, I certainly don't remember opening the box. Too. I don't even remember where those came from. Like, I have no idea whether they were, like, full price somewhere or not. But, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, like, you know, on the one hand, I would want to be like warning of like, don't <laughs> be careful what you wish for, because a lot mm-hmm. of this stuff is going to get crazy. But at the same time, it's like, yo, like these shoes are going to take you a long way. You know, like I, back then and even later, even like when you get into like the Jordan ones coming out, like I never envisioned being able to like make a living writing about sneakers or writing about basketball for that matter. Um, mm-hmm. Or the, you know certainly that I would be able to do it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like as much as 
a lot of the sort of consumer side of it drives me a little insane. And I think like mm -hmm. a lot of things need to be different. Like I can't, you know, I, I can't like, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I hate when I lose words like that, but uh, you know, I can't minimize like how mm -hmm. far sneakers have taken me and how far yeah. they've come. So. Look, I think you're you're like I said before we started this, or maybe I said it as we started this. But you are one of my biggest inspirations, you know, for especially for starting this podcast. And I I just want to bring back appreciation to like to people who buy sneakers. It's, it's not about it's not about the stories that the brands are telling you. It's not about the stories that you know, like it's all it's about your own personal stories and how you connect with you know with whatever you're you're collecting in in my in my opinion you know i think it it, it adds a little bit more um especially because we're always so force fed on what we should think we should like and, and that's I mean, just like yeah honestly beyond that and i've told people this before like a pair of sneakers mm -hmm. isn't even yours until you wear it like right. if it just sits in the box and it's brand new there's Every single pair is exactly like that. Like they all come off the same assembly line. And mm -hmm. like that first time you take them out of the box and take the paper out and lace them up and wear them around, like at that moment, they start to mold themselves to your foot. Like at that point, the story about that shoe becomes connected to you instead of mm -hmm. a story that some brand is trying to tell about it or that the, what the designer was inspired by or, um, you know, what the athlete did while wearing it. Like, just like, you know, if you really want a pair of shoes and you're psyched to buy them, like, make them yours. Like, wear yeah. them, kill them. Wear them and throw them out and remember them fondly. Like, don't leave them sitting around until they fall apart or until, like, you're <laughs> you're too old to appreciate them or, or too old to wear them. Like, just, yeah. like, you know, time is finite. Sneakers don't only last so long. Like, It's facts. And... It's funny because, like, I was going to mention this earlier, but, like, my vivid, vivid memory is when watching, like, of me being like, all right, I'm wearing all my sneakers now. It was the video of you going to Japan and how they, like, the, the stores would just have old Jordans just sitting and you were opening yeah. them. You're like, look yeah. at this crumbled. And I was just like, man, I can see the disappointment in your face. Like, I was like, no, this can't happen to me. I will never let a shoe crumble on me. Yeah. <laughs> Some of that stuff was so bad. And I think, like, that one store worm in Tokyo, like they had a bunch mm -hmm. of original ones in the window. And I, I saw photos recently of someone else took. And like, I think they're still in that window, man. I hope mm -hmm. they take them out of the daylight sometimes or they have something like on the window. Cause like <laughs> that'd be unfortunate to have a bunch of original 85 ones that. Yeah. Just start <laughs> like faded. Looking like the Scarface, uh, oh, oh, Scarface Air Forces. Scarface forces. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What a great idea that was. <laughs> uh but russ let everybody know where they can find you yeah i mean you can find me mm -hmm. on twitter find me on instagram just mm -hmm. at russ bankson um you can find a history of basketball and 15 sneakers everywhere right now whatever your favorite bookstore is if they don't have it tell them to order it um i would actually rather have you do that at your local even if you end up ordering it at amazon anyway but like mm -hmm. you know, why is this book not here like come on no yeah i'm going at in fact buy enough co mm -hmm. stock enough copies to have them on a table in the front um and i've had a lot of people ask about signed copies i'm totally down to do it like if i run mm -hmm. into you i'll sign it but like 
yo, like bother my publishers, Workman Publishers, <laughs> Workman Pub, like hit them up on Twitter and be like, yo, Russ needs to come to my city and sign books. Like, let's make this happen. Yeah, get, get him around the city, get him all around the world, you know, yeah. back back at yeah. Worm signing signing exactly, the book. Oh, exactly. <laughs> uh, man. Thank you so much for jumping on. And you know what we say each week? Wear your kicks. Peace. Peace.